live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. Stop, stop, stop. Ow! Yeah, I went there, Mike. I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hey, Joey. Uh, hey, Mike? I'm just kidding. Okay. Hey, Taylor. <laughs> um... Everybody, th- my name's Mike. That's Taylor. It's not Joe. And um, what? Where? We've, Where? <laughs> we've been friends. How long have we been friends, Taylor? We well, you guys started doing. You were on Game Night Guys, and they're getting ready to do their fifth anniversary. And we had you guys on not long after you yeah, started. Yeah. So we've like known each other like five years. Yeah. So we've been friends for about five years. Um, we don't call each other very often. We text um, though. We do text a lot of animated GIFs, um, and this week we're just going to catch up because uh, Joe and I are kind of taking a break from one another. And um... That sounds so kids <laughs> sit down on the couch, we need to have a talk. Right. Uh, we're not having a divorce. We're just going to, I'm going to go live with my mother for a little bit. <laughs> Um, so uh, you guys probably have heard, uh, Joey's episodes by now. He, uh, did an episode with Adam Burns from the Dubious Intent podcast. And thank you, Adam, for doing that. And now I'm sitting down with Taylor, who most of you probably know from Pod is My Co-Pilot, which is another Pride 48 show, part of the Pride 48 network of podcasts. Yes. Hi. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm good. How are you, though? That's actually a better question. Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's, it's very it's 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 been a week let's put it that way it's, it's yeah it's, it's been, been trying well so you and i we had talked about doing this um before and then you kind of had some stuff come up right oh. we well we talked about this back in vegas oh yeah that's true where, so last summer yeah we were all sitting around in the suite and we were all talking about wouldn't it be funny if you guys had ex- different co-hosts on and that's how you uh that's i happen to be sitting in the room so i was Touched by the hand no, of God. Apparently. It wasn't just because you were in the room. I wanted to do this with you. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I just meant, you know, I just happened to. Be, we were there talking about it. And I was like, I would totally do that. And then I sort of didn't forget about it, but I figured you guys kind of forgot about it. And then so when I got the email from you uh, a couple of weeks ago saying, "Do you want to do this?" I was like, "Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome." Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Um, you're you're in the Tampa area, right? Right. Right. I live. I live actually in Saint Petersburg. Okay. So St. Pete's. St. Pete's. Yeah. And um, so what happened between this week and like, should we just jump in? Sure. What's been going on, Taylor? Well, uh, the big news that I think we have, I think we have a lot of the same listeners. So this won't come as a surprise to many people, especially if you're on any sort of social media with me, is that I got a call about a week ago that my father died uh, very suddenly he the, the the without going into too much detail about it pretty much he was talking to his wife my stepmother for lack of a better word and his eyes rolled up in the back of his head and he hit the floor and that was it no no explanation no anything it just kind of just sort of happened um it came as a shock to the family just because he had been doing really well health-wise he had recently gotten off all of his diabetes medication um all of his injectables at least uh, he was doing, I think, a gluten-free diet, which seemed to work for him. He, he had lost about 15 pounds. His Everything they were saying was just, you know, was, it, he was just doing really well. So it kind of came as a shock. I got a call about 2.30 in the morning and was on a plane the next uh, at noon the next day and spent the week with my family and set up for, uh, set, set up for the funeral, had to do a eulogy, which the... Not the first time I've ever done that, but it's certainly the first time I've ever done that for my father, right. um, which was hard primarily because I was – well, it was hard because you're writing a eulogy for your father. I had a good relationship with my dad. I didn't have a great relationship with my dad, as anybody who listens to my show probably knows. Um, and I'm also going into this as a bereavement counselor for hospice. <laughs> right. So – one thing that I couldn't help but notice was that everything that I've been telling people for years and all of the good advice that I give them and 
you know, do that hang in there kind of thing all goes out the window when it's actually you. <laughs> okay. That actually was a question that I had. Like, is your training, does that come in handy in such a such a scenario? It it does. It's a help and a hindrance because I was, when I call, I had to call my mom the, the morning of like, you know, I called her like nine in the morning, figured she'd get a good night's sleep. There's nothing she could really do at that point. And she said, when I called her on the phone, she said, you were very much a social worker when you were talking to me. She said, you were very much, this is what's happened. This is what's going on. I will be on a plane. I will send you my flight. Like, it was just that kind of, that was it. And I kind of stayed in that mode for the most part all week. I never really, I never really cried. I never really, I just kind of was in this because it felt weird. When I go home, there's part of the time I spend with my mom and my sister and her family. There's part of the time I spend with my dad and that side of the family. So considering I was spending most of the time with my sister and my mom, it just felt like, well, I'm going to go see him in a couple of days. Like there was no, I just had that disconnect. Whereas everybody up there in Philadelphia sees him all the time. So that was kind of my way of rationalizing it in my head. It just felt like he was just, he was somebody I was going to go see in a couple of days. Um, And then we, uh, I'm trying to think what, we, we had to go buy him a suit, unfortunately, he was in the process of moving when all of this happened. So they were living in this like um, temporary housing, this fully furnished place and all this kind of stuff. And he didn't have a suit. All of his suits were in like a pod someplace. So they couldn't get to them. So I had to go with my sister and like pick out a suit for my dad. For his... It just was these very surreal moments. Mm-hmm. Um, we And I'm trying to not bring the house down. I promise. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about this the whole time. But uh, yeah, writing the funeral, writing the funeral, writing the eulogy. We had to go and meet with the priest and give like a bunch of information about my father and the type of man that he was. And like we were telling him funny stories and all that kind of stuff. And they were fresh in my mind because my sister and I had both wrote our eulogies already. So he says at one point, you know, well, I usually only we only like to have one person there. We don't need to rehash things. And the myself and my two sisters, one of which is 12 years old. We're pretty adamant to this priest that the three of us wanted to do it together. And by the three of us, I mean my middle sister was very adamant that the three of us were going to do this together. She she wasn't putting up with anything. So he gave us 10 minutes. So I became the time Nazi as far as timing all of us doing our eulogies to make sure that it fit sure. within the 10-minute period. You were suddenly doing a pot is my co-pilot Right, I was, yeah, because like... I figured, well, this is my expertise, but I can't share this with my family because only my mother knows about the podcast and right. whatever. So, Turn your cell phone off. Right. <laughs> So I was very much in that you might want to take out this line. You might want to do this. So my sister was doing that with me and she was doing that with my stories, but she had my iPad in her hand and she was reading and she goes, you don't really need this part. And we're already talking, we're kind of both talking about this. So you should take this part out, that kind of thing, which I said, fine. And when she handed me back the iPad, she had already gone through and edited out sections of my eulogy, mm-hmm. which almost turned into a, where if my nephew wasn't sitting at the table, I would have lunged over the night. Cause it just felt very disrespectful to me as far as the, I understand that this is your opinion and I'm agreeing with the opinion, but at least give me the dignity to d- yeah. delete my own eulogy out of this thing on my iPad. Hmm. So it was a full house. It was a beautiful day. Um, the weather in Philadelphia this time of year is gray. It's not sunny. It's not cloudy. It's just everything is gray. And it happened to be sunny the day of my dad's funeral. And uh, it was a packed house. And uh, I was good till I got to the eulogy. And then that was where I, it was at one point I read one line that I had read like five times the night before and something about it clicked in my head and the voice cracked. And I was like, mm. oh shit, please don't cry, yeah. please don't cry, please don't cry, please don't cry. So, oh, but going back to the priest, the priest does the gospel first and he's using all of the stories that we were going to use in our eulogy. So my <laughs> sister and my brother-in-law and I are literally under our breath at my father's funeral going, stop talking, stop talking, stop talking, stop talking. Like where we were just like, you know, you're using up all the good material right. kind of thing. And, um... I was very, so I got through it and my sisters got through theirs and everything was fine. And then at the last minute, I'm standing in front of the hearse. All of a bunch of my relatives that we selected as pallbearers had, were putting him in the hearse. And I was saying to myself that that was the moment that I could feel myself. And I'm just like, I just need to see it leave. Once I see it leave, then I know that this is real. Like, you know, I'd already seen his body and stuff, but it still felt because my father's napped all the time. So it just looked like he was just in a really small bed sleeping when I, when he was (laughs) laying in the coffin. So in a really nice suit that I picked out, but, um, (coughs) excuse me. So I have to backtrack 
because I'm standing in front of the hearse. Now, the night before, I had a relative who I can only assume is a cousin or an aunt because I have four. I'm Italian. So I've got four million people that are coming up to me that I have no clue who they are, but they also know who I am. And I just assume at this point, because a lot of them said, how you doing, cuz, that I'm their cousin. So a older relative comes up and she clearly has dementia or she has some memory, cognitive issues, that kind of thing. And she comes up to me and she keeps referring to me as my father. And I'm trying to explain to her in the receiving line that I'm not, you know, I'm not the father. I'm the son. My father's the one in the coffin. And she mm-hmm. kept saying, well, you're, my grandfather's name is Jake. My grandfather, who's still alive, he's he's in his 80s and he's still alive. And that that was sad for me watching him bury one of his own children. But, you know, and she keeps saying, oh, well, you're Jake's son. And I'm saying, no, I'm not. I'm Jake's grandson. I'm Taylor Sr.'s, because my dad and I have the same name. I'm Taylor Sr.'s son. Mm-hmm. So, and she was just like, well, where is he right now? And I'm like, he's past that and i'm because my sister is getting upset next to me and i'm tr- I'm trying to do it where i'm being calm and all that kind of stuff but so eventually somebody kind of gently took her by the shoulders and let her away from me because i was starting to get all like you know knock it off my father's dead kind of thing right right so okay so i'm standing in front of the in front of the hearse and all this and, I, and i'm standing by myself which was a kind of a common theme of the week and i can feel myself where i'm starting to get emotional Sure as shit, this old lady comes up to me and she's literally standing between me and ours and she's doing the, you did a wonderful job. And I'm saying, thank you. And she's like, now who are you again? I'm like, Uh, I'm Taylor's son. And I'm doing the whole thing of where I'm thinking to myself, I had a moment, a good moment where I did the eulogy and I'm going to ruin it all when I shove this old woman out of the way as the hearse leaves. But eventually somebody else kind of like, you know, got her attention and yelled, you know, raspberries or something like that. And she wandered away and I got to watch my uh dad's her sleeve and it happened that two of my friends from high school were there and they were walking up to me just as it was happening and i just remember saying i just have to see it leave and then i know it's real and they said do you want us to stand with you and i said yes that would be very nice of the two of you so they both like kind of held my hands while i watched my dad's body leave so mm-hmm. so that was that part now cut to today i flew home yesterday And most people go back to work where they work in, you know, business or they work in retail or something. My first day back at work. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Is dealing with death and dying issues. So I it was one of these where my boss called me and said, if you don't want to come back today, I'm like, no, because I'm leaving to go back to Philly on Friday. So I said, I it'll it, I need to get a bunch of shit done, all this kind of stuff. It's fine. I'll work. Which I think I, it's also very common. People be like, like an accountant. They're like, no, I just need to get lost in spreadsheets for a while and get my mind off of this. Right. But right. that's not the case. Whereas I'm literally helping people pick out funeral homes. Like that's that's what I'm doing for work. So I am completely checked out. And a bunch of the nurses at work knew I did joint visits with nurses and I got out of the car and a couple of them were like, I just need to hug you. And I'm like, okay, you can hug me. That's fine. And I would say to them, I'm not probably going to talk very much. And they said, that's okay. That's okay. We'll do all the heavy lifting. You just kind of direct them about, you know, living wills and that kind of thing. I said, fine. So I have my day. It's not a very good day. And I know that because I like supersized everything at McDonald's when I went for lunch. (laughs) You know what? I will have that triple cheeseburger. Thank you very much. Um, And so I have to pick up a couple of gifts for family for when I go home for Christmas. So I walk into Bath and Body Works because my the 12-year-old, she has a particular scent that she likes for shower gel and all that kind of stuff. So I said, all right, I'll get that for you. So I walk up to the counter. Now, this is like at 5 o'clock. This is right at 5 o'clock. And the woman says, hi, how are you? And I said, fine. And I put the stuff down and she's wrecking it out. And she's looking at me and she looks at my chest and she sees I have on a hospice badge. Because they always tell you, take off your hospice badge. And I wasn't paying yeah. attention because of the day. So she said, you work for hospice. And I said, I do. And she said, you work for a wonderful organization. And I said, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And she said, I just lost my mother about two months ago mm. through your organization. And I went, oh, I'm really sorry. So that turns into about 10 minutes of her going into great detail oh. as to everything. And it's one of these where now a line is forming behind me. She's <laughs> My ca- social anxiety would be out the roof. She's kind of crying, but not really. You know, it's uh, one of these. And it's so I can't be a dick. I can't be where I'm like, lady, this, this is not any other week. I'd want to hear your story, but I can't right now. It's coming from such a good place. She's trying to thank you. Right. For right. what you do. Right. right. I'm, I, you know, I, you know, I know I'm an asshole on some level, but I'm not that big of an <laughs> asshole. So I just kind of sat and 
and let her, well, not sad. I kind of stood there, you know, clutching my bag. Like the second she went, so that, you know, thanks. I could run out the door. Yeah. And she did the whole, and I'm getting like where I'm getting the big heavy size behind me from people that just want to buy their, you know, root beer flavored bath gel or whatever the right. hell it is and can go. <laughs> so she eventually goes, well, thank you so much for everything you do. And God bless you. And I went, well, God bless you. And I said, you know, it sounds like you're still having a hard time. We're still available. So I'm doing like the hospice pitch to her. And she was like, thank you so much for letting me ramble on as I'm like running out the door. Because I'm like, <laughs> I got to get out. 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 So, mm. but it's, it's been an experience. And I, and I, you go back this coming weekend. You yes. Said. Yes. And okay. I don't have a great relationship with my sister, but you know, she's the only, well, no, she's not the only sister I have. I have my 12 year old sister too, but I, I'm right. going to. I said to her when I left, she started crying when I left, which I thought was funny because we kind of were at each other's throats most of the week, gently sure. at each other's, th- you know, we weren't doing the hard press against the jugular, but we were just, <laughs> and we were like, you know, a lab <laughs> where it's like the soft grip around the, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so she starts crying and I, and she did a lot of the planning for the funeral. And I said to her, I said, you know, you did a great job. I Good. said, daddy had, daddy had a great day. I'm one of those weird people that still calls my father daddy at 42, but it's just, that's and I, really bizarre. And I, and I call my mom, but I, when I'm talking to my dad, I would call him dad. When I talk to my mom, I call her mom. Does when, it ever get confusing if Bubba Lou's in the room and he thinks that you're talking to him? <laughs> well, no, because I say poppy there. So there's a complete oh, okay. difference. Um, if for anyone who doesn't listen, Bubba Lou is his, um, partner. Right. Do you guys call each other partners? Yeah, we're partners. Partners. So. Um, we call each other lots of names, but when we're being nice, we call each other partners. Um, so, and I said, I'm going to come back next week. We're going to have a great time. Daddy loved Christmas. Oh, what I'm saying is if I talking to the parent, I would say mom or dad, but my sister and I, when we're talking to each other, we refer to them as mommy and daddy. Okay. It's just a thing we do. I don't know. So I said, you know, daddy's favorite Christmas holiday was Christmas. We're going to have a good time. Just, we're gonna celebrate like, we're gonna celebrate and mm-hmm. while i was there i taught my sister has a mini ipad that she never uses so i taught my niece and my nephew how to facetime oh cool yeah so uh, except that you know four times today i get <laughs> facetime well and that's the thing is they were facetiming me where they were sitting on the couch with me where i would just be sitting and if i had the volume up my sister's ringtone would come up which is the darth vader theme again don't get along very well with my sister <laughs> so i'm doing the panic like trying to hit the button before she recognizes the song it was <laughs> Ixnay on the ace time, Faye, you know. So. Well, good. Yeah. So, Taylor, I feel a little bit weird. I'm going to transition into a personal story of mine that's um, – we'll, we'll get back to – do you have another story? I do have another story about? that is oh, good, much good. more positive than the one I, I just said. So, Well, also, I should maybe point out for people who don't listen, Taylor's not your real name. It's a pseudonym you use in podcasting so that people can't Google your podcast and f- – you know, people from your professional life won't easily find all of you guys. Right. And that is a um, good segue into my next story, which I will tell after you tell a story. Oh, good. So, well, I just want to quickly tell you, we had the storm of the century up here. Yeah. Um, I... It made like national news and all of that. But supposedly this was like the biggest storm we've had in 10 years. Okay. And everyone was freaking out, Taylor. Everyone. before It wasn't even raining out. Like the ground is dry. And the news on the news, they're like closing all the schools because of rain. They're closing the schools. My boss was freaked out and he demanded that everyone work from home. He didn't want anyone like driving in. He thought that, you know, the BART stations would be closed or train stations would be closed and it would just be a mess. Was it literal buckets falling from the sky like metal? Right. (laughs) Godzilla actually was coming. (laughs) So I'm not even joking. It just rained. It was a good steady rain for probably like, I would say 24 hours it rained steadily, okay. but it, w- it really wasn't that big of a deal. Okay. I mean, it there were damage in some places, but not here for sure. Well, how many inches of rain was it? I mean, how many I inches think did you think you got? There was like, like eight to 10 or something I heard, okay. which is a lot. And for how about place. the rain? How much did you get with that? <laughs> um, yeah. So... It, it it rained a lot, um, and as you probably know, I've been dating this guy, Steve. Yes, I'm familiar. And his power went off at home during the storm, So, and as, he was also working from home. So he decided to come to my house, and we would just watch movies and work together. Mm-hmm. And Work um, being in big rabbit ears. Okay. 
But his uh, movie preferences are very similar to yours. So I thought that maybe this would be an appropriate story to see what your take is. But he's like... Does he enjoy Corbin Fisher, the old stuff, or the newer models? Because I really enjoy the models from about three years ago. I'm still a big fan of Dawson and Connor and Drew. I was talking about real movies. He's like a Star Wars fan, X-Men, all the superhero type stuff, which I know you get into. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, And I tend to like things that are like a little bit more heady or like comedies. I'm not saying that I'm like my movie tastes are much more refined, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I just kind of like lighthearted comedy type stuff. Well, I like that stuff, too. We just tend to talk about the other stuff because – the, con- the big blow em up movies. Because if I try to talk about other things on our show, Rodan calls me a movie snob. So I've just decided oh. to watch those movies <laughs> quietly and just not talk about them. But you certainly do get the, like, the X-Men type. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I, I love that, that kind of stuff, too. It's, it's, yeah. I, but I do like some of the more independent stuff that doesn't get a lot of, uh, doesn't get a lot of press time, so to speak. Yeah. So we, we've been doing this, like, back and forth thing where he will pick a movie, then I will pick a movie. And for because of that, I've watched The Avengers, which I've never seen before. Oh, that's a great movie. It was good. We watched Transformers. Oh. That was something. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it a little bit. Um, but um, during the storm, it was my turn to pick out a movie. Mm-hmm. And since he loves Star Wars, naturally, I chose Spaceballs, which is on <laughs> Netflix streaming. Have you? Do you remember Spaceballs? I remember. I know I've seen all of it. I remember chunks of it. There are much it's, better Mel Brooks movies out there, but Spaceballs, there are some funny parts to it. I feel like I almost have the movie memorized. I'm not a Star Wars fan. I probably watched all the Star Wars movies for the first time in like 2012 when uh, Joe Batanz, actually. Have you have you heard of this guy, Joe Batanz? Yeah, I think I have. Stuff. I think so. Um, I love cocktails he, and cream puffs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Joe uh, upgraded all his Star Wars movies to Blu-ray. So I inherited the DVDs of them. Okay. And for the first time, I watched all of them. Um, I'm not a big Star Wars person either. I feel like Star Wars is kind of good because of the time that it came out. Well, that's not true, though, because there's new there's like young people today that were not around in the 80s when they came out. Mm -hmm. And they're still big fans. I don't know. But we watched Spaceballs and... Um, I, I feel like I sacrificed something that I wanted to see for Spaceballs because he's a Star Wars fan. So Okay, but you want... picked the movie. Yeah, but I picked it because he should see it. I felt like he had to see it. As a Star Wars fan, he should also know what Spaceballs is. I have movies that we were – two years ago, we sat down with the Huffingtons and we're going to – on New Year's Eve. And the plan was that we were – there was four of us. So once a month, we were all going to get together, get together and have movie night, and we were going to each pick a movie. So movie, so that each of us got three picks because there was you know four times three is twelve. So okay. and we never did it, but I had my movies all picked out. Star Wars was not one of them. Taffy's never seen any of the Star Wars movies, and I think at this point she does it on purpose. But <laughs> I and uh, Babalu bought me the Blu-rays for Christmas because that was the one thing that I wanted, and we've only ever watched the first one. And it sticks in his craw because it's literally sat on the coffee table for like a year. And I, I just – I'm one of those people that – I the idea of sitting down and watching a two-plus-hour movie sometimes when I feel like I've got yeah. a million things to do and a million things to do. I mean watch, you know, Dawson and Connor and Drew from old Corbin Fisher videos. <laughs> I just don't have the energy. So he, he keeps threatening that he's going to – and I tell him, you bought that for me as a gift. So you can't watch them unless I'm watching them with you. Because you're going to, you know, use up all the good visuals and all that kind of thing, so, which is insane, but that's the way I am. So he keeps threatening to go out and spend $90 on a second set of the Blu-rays so that he can watch them himself. Yeah. It'll never happen, but he, he says he threatens to do it all the time. You guys have, like, similar movie tastes, correct? Yes. He, except in that part of the Venn diagram, as far as the action, superhero, that kind of stuff, yes. He tends to like a lot more fantasy stuff, and he's a big horror fan, whereas I... Um, no, I won't watch horror movies because I enjoy sleeping and I live in an old house that creaks as it is. You know, yeah. I don't need to worry about a clown jumping out of the closet and chopping me in a million pieces. So no, but, um, and I, like I said, I tend to like a lot more of like the heady independent stuff that he doesn't seem to, he's like, why would you want to watch that? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's something different because yeah. a lot of those movies take place in winter and we don't have winter down here. So 
That's kind of my way of seeing what sunlight looks like at four o'clock in Philadelphia because it's the words that bright dawn or dusk. So I was I I turned on um, Annie Hall like it was one of Steve and I's first dates. And I was like, you've never seen Annie Hall. And like we were looking through Netflix for something to see. And we started and I was like, oh, this is not a good second date movie. Like, <laughs> Who sits and watches Annie Hall on a second date? I've never seen Annie Hall either. <gasps> you have to. No, it's so I know, good. I know. It's so good. And I love Woody Allen movies. Some, Well, not the oh. more recent ones. Some of the more recent ones are horrible. Yeah. Because they have, you know, actress extraordinaire Scarlett Johansson in them. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> she's she's good as Black Widow because she doesn't talk and she shoots things. That That's what I – she's not a very good actress. Um, if you uh, – you should watch – if you like his stuff, you will love Annie Hall. It's like – his heyday it's like his his movie oh yeah no that's i think that's well known to be his best movie it's on netflix streaming too so netflix streaming netflix streaming (laughs) um okay what else what else is up with you well well wait a second i want to get back to the movie thing oh do you have any particular movies that are a guarantee you're gonna cry when you watch them um, no, Mm-mm. I don't think I even have any movies that are in my like top ten that are sad movies. Really? I bet you all of my top ten are happy movies. Well, okay, and it's not necessarily that they're sad movies, but there's a part of the movie that is that that's okay. All right. No, do you? Do yes. You? Oh, of course I do. What? <laughs> well, the I... Rainbow Connection. Oh the... God. Oh. <laughs> what what movies make you? Oh cry? God, you're making me think about the Rainbow Connection, and I'm watering up. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You're catching me at a very sensitive time in my life right now. Um, honestly, and this is going to sound weird, Rocky. Rocky? Rocky, the end of Rocky. And and this kind of goes back. My father was a huge Rocky fan. But the end of Rocky is one of those that the music – I have the soundtrack to Rocky. I bought it on iTunes years ago. And the, the song – the last song in the movie is called The Final Bell. And it is this cheesy 1977 kind of disco, kind of dramatic with the horns and the violins and all that kind of stuff. But – the end of the movie is one that I every time I see the end of that movie, buckets, buckets of tears. I just sit and I cry. So, hmm. and then Rocky Two is a movie that I actually like better than Rocky One, even though when you watch it, it's not as good of a movie. It's clearly a sequel. But and I, I don't know that I've ever seen the Rocky movies. Oh my god. Okay, well then you you can't give me shit for not seeing Annie Hall. Okay. All right. Tell you, I will make a deal with you. You watch Rocky, and I'll watch Annie Hall. Uh, Rocky One. Rocky one, yeah, I'm no, you not, I'm to... not agreeing to the whole series. No, of Rocky no, God, ones. no, no. After Rocky one and Rocky two are the only two worth anything. But Rocky three with Mr. T and Rocky four with the Russian, and I didn't see the other two. But it, yeah, that's that's the only one that Rocky one is the one that has got the most gravitas. Deal, yeah. deal. All right, then that that's that's our homework. Okay. All right. So when 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 do we have to have this completed by? Um, I next time we do a podcast. Okay. <laughs> Deal, deal. Okay. So, okay. All right. So what what, what else is going on with you, though? Well, the other news that I have actually kind of sort of relates to you, but it doesn't relate to you. But it's something that you and I had a conversation about when you were in uh, Orlando back in, when was that, July? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I am actually leaving hospice. Cool. That's official news? That is official news. Awesome. So- did you know about that? Did I tell you about that? No, you didn't tell me. What you told me is that you were ready to leave hospice. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So what happened was <laughs> that a oh, I'm leaving hospice, but I'm not leaving hospice all at the same time. And what I mean by that is I'm moving to another division. So I will be working with um, – we have an aid service organization as part oh, of yes, our hospice. Yeah. We did talk about that. Yeah. And uh, there was a position that opened up to be a, a mental health counselor. So I am a licensed mental health counselor. So I applied for the job back in October and was told on Halloween that I didn't get the job. So I thought, okay, well, no harm, no foul. I still have a job. So whatever. Um, and then they called me uh, the week of my birthday and said, you know, can you come back into the office? We need to talk with you about something. And I could, I, it, I was stupid. It never even occurred to me that what they were done is they had revised the job because they liked it so much. They liked me so much that they revised the job to kind of fit to me a little bit. Oh, cool, cool. So I am going to be working uh, 
I'm going to be working in our aid service organization as a mental health counselor where I'm not going to be doing home visits anymore. I'm going to be in the office. I'm going to be actually diagnosing people um, that have mental health and substance abuse issues. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. That's certainly like a step. When we had talked, you had told me that you, this is like a direction you wanted to go. Right. Now you're, you're headed there. Right. So I get, I get all the perks of like a private practice, but I'm under an organization that I still have my benefits. I still have all of my vacation time. I still have my seniority, all that kind of stuff. And the reason why I said it kind of relates to you is because you and I talked about the fact that I, and I'm not trying to, you know, stroke your ego here, but I admired the fact that you were doing something specific to a particular cause that was important to you for obvious reasons. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to do that as much as I enjoyed my hospice work, I wasn't getting the enjoyment out of it that I had prior to. So I was looking for something new, but it's also scary because really the only jobs that were out there that I really qualify for were like working in the prison system or working in other areas of the community that I really didn't have as much interest in. But this is an organization that I used to work for before I came to hospice. So I'm actually coming back to it and I'm super excited. A couple of the people that I worked with are still there, including a very good friend of mine who's now the executive director. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I start my new job in mid January, but the thing that I was talking about as far as my identity goes is none of my families that I ever worked with at, with hospice would know about the podcast because oh, you know no, but, but now, some of the new some ones. of the new ones is where i'm thinking to myself somebody's gonna walk in and they're gonna see me and they're gonna go taylor and then i'm gonna have to have the conversation about the circle of trust yeah <laughs> that we don't talk about you know I my name is not taylor right <laughs> right you you know that i know that you know that i know that you know that i know but you know when we're here i'm this person and you can't sure. say anything so because we actually have we got quite a few downloads from my area and it's going to be younger people. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are gay. And, and I know that we, I'm just, it, it makes me a little nervous that I know eventually at one point, somebody's going to come in and go, <gasps> and I'm going to go, shh. <laughs> if there's any set segment of the community that knows how to keep a secret, it's this one. They, I, I feel like you'll be okay. Yeah. But also like, I feel like the, your, other or this identity your podcasting world mm-hmm. is a little more aligned with that world too it wouldn't be so shocking if do you know what i mean like currently when you're working with you know a family that's grieving over a 90 year old woman that content is not exactly the same do you know what i'm saying yeah yeah not that not that you want to suddenly come out and merge the two but no and so i've been making jokes to all of my friends because i've started to tell people that i work with a lot at work that you know hey i'm leaving the team and i'm going but i'm going to be in the same building as my team now but i now i just get my own office with you know my own desk and i get i was joking that i get two big chairs and i get the hang in there kitty poster behind me <laughs> so to which taffy says what i should do is i should make one of those posters where it's got the american eagle flying over mount rushmore and instead of you know courage or patience i should have sissy that walk and then the quote <laughs> lest they're paying them bills pay no bitches no mind rupert like underneath it i said i would totally make that except that i would like to continue you know working right. there so so if anybody wants um, to photoshop that and send it to me that would be awesome consider it done thank you do you have you guys done do you do like big christmas parties or anything um, do you mean Babalu and at I? work? No, at work, at, at work, at work. Yes. There was one, uh, last week that was for the whole region, regional, uh, service center where I work, but I was, I wasn't there. I was up North, but tomorrow my team is having a party and I don't know if I told this last year or not, but we do a white Christmas, uh, gift exchange at the party. white elephant, white, white elephant. Christmas. <laughs> we all passed the DVD of Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye to each other. And then, you know, oh. I was going to surprised. a much more racist place. I live in Oakland, so like you can't say white without it being racially charged <laughs> right now. <laughs> Why? What's going on? Um, so last year, what my gift was that I brought was a picture of me taken on one of the cruises I went on where Taffy took a picture of me. We stayed in uh, the concierge level and they had this huge bathtub. So I got in the bathtub with all these bubbles. And she took a picture of me where I was doing this very seductive pose and I had it blown up to a black and white eight by 10 glossy and then autographed it. Merry Christmas. You're welcome. Taylor, the latte boy. And my boss got it and he thought it was hysterical and he showed it around everybody and everybody was screaming and yelling, thought it was really funny. So so one of the other nurses got it. And when she left the team, she left it in my mailbox, which I was slightly offended by that, that she wouldn't want to keep it, but whatever, you know. 
So, and honestly, uh-huh. part of it was that she, I think she was offended because she was just like, oh, this is going on Facebook, to which I said, I will kill you. That's pretty much, <laughs> I don't care if I lose my job, I you will die. So it just kind of has been sitting in the back of my car for the last six months or so. And a couple of weeks ago, my car got broken into. And my first thought was, oh my God, they got the picture. Like, not, I wasn't worried about my iPod or anything <laughs> like that. I was worried they got this, like cheesecake picture of me so meanwhile they like stole the the cigarette butts out of the ashtray but they left the picture right They're right like, mm, we don't need that yeah <laughs> the glass was actually broken when they looked at it and they just threw it down away ew you know <laughs> you could actually see this the fingerprints of disdain on the side of the glass where they were just like why 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 yeah you didn't have to spit on it on. <laughs> <laughs> so um the nurse she sends out this email and she puts in the email if anybody has the picture of taylor they really should bring it. So I called her today and said, look, I still have the picture. To which she actually squealed on the phone. And I said, <laughs> "If you," I said, but I don't want to be the asshole who brings the same picture of me twice to this thing. Sure. I said, but if you want to put it in the white elephant gift exchange, so the, I'm sorry, the Caucasian elephant gift exchange, <laughs> um, then I'll give it to you. And she's like, all right, well, I have like a $10 Dunkin' Donuts gift card. I'll give that to you. So we're... We're like meeting up someplace for this clandestine meeting where I'm doing the pass off at a trench coat of this picture of me. <laughs> yeah. I have a kind of similar story. Well, I used to work at Boys and Girls Club. Right. And when I worked at the Boys and Girls Club, we had the White Elephant Gift Exchange. And these things are always the same. I feel like I spend money on a gift and then I get just like the dumbest thing. I get a framed picture of one of my coworkers or something. <laughs> But but are um, they in a bathtub? N- never in a bathtub. See, that's your hook right there. If they were in a bathtub, it would make it interesting. One year, I got a fruit cake wrapped in tin foil, and it had Again, a note. I that, love Joey Boohacker. <laughs> the note said, "My eighty-year-old grandmother made this," and oh. it. I was so mad, and I put it in the freezer at the Boys and Girls Club, and then I regifted it the next year, <laughs> and I I haven't received. Usually, I get tagged on Facebook when it gets past i haven't got tagged this year but it's still going in the gift exchange and that was i don't know seven years ago that's the same crazy. same fruitcake that's crazy. somebody you could die probably from eating that but i wanted to tell you um i've gone to two christmas parties already mm-hmm. and the i the white elephant just bothers me so much we had rules for our white elephant at the office and it was to or for our office christmas party and it was to bring a gift worth about twenty dollars Mm-hmm. All was good. I was going to go buy like a bottle of booze or something like that. And then one of my coworkers emailed and she's like, I thought that white elephant was supposed to be something around the house, something worth $20, not that you go buy something for $20, which is a way that some people do white elephant gift exchange. Yeah. So I wasn't about to go buy a $20 bottle of booze and then I can take home a dusty candle from her house. So... I got in my closet and I was like, what can I, anything in here is going. I'm not going to go buy something. Um, and then I found when I moved to San Francisco, I um, was at some home goods store <laughs> and I found two skillets that were like, it was a good deal. So I bought them, mm-hmm. but I put them in my closet or I put them away. And then when I found the house that I'm living in now, everything is already here like Mm -hmm. everything's furnished down in the kitchen so i didn't need it would have just been too much clutter so i kept them in my closet i was like oh those will work so i brought two skillets with me too (laughs) to that to the gift exchange and then i took home a space heater (laughs) oh i know i I hate it why don't we just like say no gift exchange and then if i want to buy you a barnes and noble gift card i will or if i want to you know what I mean? Well, Taffy years ago had Christmas parties that were, in, in our mind, infamous because it was the Orla- the group that we call the Orlando group. And rather than do that, because there were people that would bring – it's funny you mentioned a dusty candle because John, the person we called John Goodman yeah. for Taffy's birthday gave her one time a dusty candle that was clearly off of a shelf mm-hmm. and a fun-sized Snickers bar, to which <laughs> made no sense to Taffy. So a couple of years later, as a – as a housewarming gift for the party, I brought her this little bag and it had a dusty votive candle and which she brought it out and immediately burst into laughter. And only, you know, a few of us that we refer to as varsity within the group got the joke to which John Goodman's kind of standing in the corner looking at us creepy like I don't understand. But um, she used to have the idea of where everybody would bring a gift card 
that was worth $20. So you knew you were you were coming you were getting Away. the $20 back, you just didn't know where you were getting it to. So yeah. And, and inevitably there was always somebody that brought it to brought it from some like shitty Sex like store. Or, no, it was oh. always something like Shell, gas, like something like what? You know, where I always used to think over like, please be Best Buy, please be Best And then I would get – one of Tappy's favorite pictures of me is a picture of me where I reached into the bag and pulled out a Best Buy gift card and the look of glee on my face. There might have been alcohol involved, which is why I was so happy. But I, it's it's a very funny picture of me from, God, going on 10, 15 years ago. So, I feel like Amazon is the best. Amazon's as good as cash to me. You can get everything you want on Amazon. Yeah, I I ordered Prime for the first time last year, and I haven't taken advantage of it nearly as much as I should have. Though I mm-hmm. did a couple of nights ago when I ordered all of Babalu's gifts because they have to get here before we leave for Philly. But right. Amazon Amazon is awesome. Best Buy is awesome. I'm obviously a big Starbucks fan, so if you throw twenty dollars of Starbucks at me, I'll definitely yeah. I'll definitely Use take it. that. Yeah, I feel like the it's weird for me to say to myself like oh these stupid gift exchange i never get anything why should i give anything and i know that like the spirit of the season is canceled out by all of that kind of greediness Mm -hmm. but like this isn't really giving to give it's like a structured way of like doing it and it's a game and i feel like i don't get out get enough out of it like i i by the way we had the white elephant and i did the 20 dollar nonsense but i also bought a gift for everyone in the office like i certainly went out of my way to give if i wanted to give well it's you know? it's not about it's it's not necessarily about getting that in particular it is slightly disappointing when you've spent twenty dollars and get back a ten dollar gift but it's really more about the fun of the worst is when you play those and nobody is trading and nobody yeah, is getting, that's when yeah. you're just like oh my god somebody takes something i i will always take somebody else's gift especially if nobody else has taken one before me because i want to get that ball rolling um, the, one of the first years that we played one of those was with the children's program. And I have said forever that we were the filthiest group of people. If people knew that we were the way we talked in meetings, that we would go leave those meetings and go work with their children, they would never let us near them. And it was mostly women. It was me and one other guy. So that just says something, but it was that year we all got like, it was pretty much sex toys and edible underwear and all this stuff. We were all screaming and laughing at our Christmas party, but there was one old lesbian that was offended by everything that we were doing and all that kind of stuff. So the next year it was all toothbrushes and Uno cards. And it was this boring, like, you've got to be kidding. We were so happy when she retired because then it went back to edible underwear for everybody, you know. I re- one of our gift exchanges at the Boys and Girls Club, I remember, and this is just staff, it's not, you know, children. Mm-hmm. There was a shower head, like a handheld shower head that got passed around a lot. Like a shower <laughs> shot kind of thing or a... No, it was just a regular shower head, okay. but it was like with massaging feature or something. Oh, I and see. It, what it, was. it got stolen enough times. It got stolen enough times. So now, um, and you have to do it three times, and then it's, yeah, that's the way we we would play it. One year with the same group of women, and this is a very basic story, but somebody pulled out a Vera Bradley like wallet. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Are you familiar with Vera Bradley? No. Okay. All right. Vera Bradley is this it's it's all different types of bags, women's bags and women's accessories and all that kind of stuff. And it has all of these very florally, paisley patterns and it's quilted. You've probably seen them a million times and just didn't realize they were Vera Bradley. And they're super expensive. They're ridiculously expensive. My mother wants one for Christmas and it's all I can do to I'm trying to figure out a way to get her like a knockoff, but I'm probably gonna have to go to one of these little boutiques to get it for her. So somebody opens up one of the bags and there is a Vera Bradley wallet. Now this Vera Bradley wallet is probably worth about $25, $30. This was like throwing fucking chum in the water <laughs> because then somebody else pulled out another one. And then there were two of them where, I mean, people, it got to the point of where the next year when the email went out, the email has said in the beginning of it, no Vera Bradley for the white Christmas, <laughs> white, like, white elephant. I keep saying white Christmas. So, which was, was, was just, Okay. But so I have to uh, I have to bring my quasi my soft core porn picture tomorrow to a white elephant party. <laughs> well, that should be fun. Do you um, have any other personal stories or should we move on to news stories? Well, I have a question for you. Go. OK, so I was told and OK, during the luncheon after the funeral, one of my sister's friends repeatedly came up to me and said, let me buy you a drink. There was a cash bar at the luncheon. And I, I kept saying, no, I'm all right, I'm all right, all right. But just to kind of 
one because I thought it actually probably would be good, but also just to kind of get her off my case, I said, "Fine, give me a, give me a vodka and cranberry juice." So she said, "Fine." She went and got me the vodka and cranberry juice. It was really really good. They pretty much waved a cranberry over a <laughs> glass of vodka and handed and threw a lime in and said it was okay. So I said, "Thank you so much." That was like the best vodka cranberry juice I've ever had. So I'm telling my sister and my brother-in-law about it when we get home that night, to which they both laugh at me and go, that's a girl's drink. And I kind of went, no, it's not. It's vodka and cranberry juice. What makes it a girl's drink? And they said, well, it's a girl's drink because it's got juice in it. And I said, so what? I said, does that make a screwdriver a girl's drink? And they went, yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> do you, okay. Do you, do you agree with them on that? I don't agree with them on that. Um, but it is kind of a more on the softer side of drinks. Okay, but I'm not a I'm not a heavy drinker, right? But I know you are, which is why I'm bringing it. Whoa, up. whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> but see, okay, I feel like at a gay establishment, they probably sell tons of cranberry vodka. Well, and, and, and that happens a lot. But I think that it is kind of more on the feminine side. I'm not saying that it's a girl's drink, though. Well, I feel like I've I've met women who could drink me under the table. Like, and, that's and that not, was their I'm, argument where I said, well, all of my friends drink vodka cranberry. They're like, you hang out with gay guys. And I'm like, that doesn't matter. So my brother-in-law said something like, well, here, you know, I'm I'm going to make you a gin and a, what did he make me? a gin and tonic. And I'm like, okay. I know I'm not going to like that. And he was just like, well, you like lime, right? And I said, yeah, he's like, well, we'll put a lime in it. It'll be fine. So I was like, fine. So I took two sips of it and said I didn't like it. And he made a comment of, well, he said to my sister, he goes, well, I guess we're going to need to stock up on cranberry juice when he comes back next week. And I said, yeah, I said, that's fine. And you do can, it. You can just pretty much say Merry Christmas, faggot, as you hand me my drink every time, which made him <laughs> laugh really hard. I feel like I, I don't think that it's a like a woman's drink, mm. um, but it is more on the softer side. It's kind of like a Cosmo. Like you're not going to find. That was what I said. A... I said, it's not like I asked for a Cosmo. And now you're saying, well, it's kind of like a Cosmo. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not something that they serve regularly at the sports bar that's predominantly heterosexual men. I, I think that's kind of what they were going for. Wow. But I would never say that it was a, a girl's drink or a woman's drink. Well, and, and then I I said something else later in the night. And then I, I jokingly referred to my – I was still wearing my shirt and tie and everything from the funeral. And I said, well, I think I, I thought I looked cute in my top. But I said it to annoy my brother-in-law. <laughs> he just shook his head and he was just like, oh, my God. So. Um. Hey, I have a a story that I want to tell you. Okay. Um, okay. I'm, I'm looking at them. I have a couple that I pulled, but oh, I have a couple stories too. I pulled a couple. Uh, of the mines of San Francisco. Did you pull uh, Florida stories? I pulled a couple of Florida stories. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of SantaCon? No. It's they do it every year up here in San Francisco. I know they started doing it in New York too. Basically, the streets are flooded with people that are wearing Santa suits. Okay. They're all like frat bro type people that are also wearing their like Ray-Ban sunglasses. And um, some of them are just wearing a Santa hat and like pants and no shirt type of thing. I'm listening. (laughs) It's a big party. It happened this last Saturday. Mm -hmm. And um, so there's a naughty, there's a lot of naughty Santas on the street, right? Mm -hmm. But the police are particularly interested in one of the Santas that on Saturday at about 1 p.m., the Santa Claus, you know, totally dressed as Saint Nick, walked into a bank on Sutter Street, and he quietly slipped the teller a note, and he got away with, he he robbed the bank. Yeah. And after he left the bank, he exited the bank into a sea of Santas. Uh, When you first started telling the story, my first thought was crime. (laughs) As soon as you said, everybody's dressed as Santa. It is such a good idea because they could call the cops and they're like, "Uh, he was 5'11 and he was wearing a Santa suit. Right. And there are literally a hundred people that match that description right outside the bank. So he just disappeared in the sea of Santas. How much money did he get away with? They're saying it's undisclosed. I don't know why they do that. An undisclosed amount of cash. But I feel like this is something that somebody who writes movies needs to write down and put in their next script. Well, I think it has been. Hasn't it been in a couple of where, where Santa Claus has robbed a bank? Wasn't that bad Santa? Wasn't wasn't he a bank oh, robber? I don't know. That's a, that's a horrible movie. I don't think you, I think he would break into like department stores after they closed. Yeah, I think like the sea of people though is such a good idea. And I know like Halloween 
uh, around Halloween time, there's a lot of businesses that have signs up that say, like, no Halloween masks because yeah. it makes things a little more difficult. But what can you do? I mean, there's Santas everywhere. I, I think it's just such – I kind of give – I don't feel that robbing banks is a good idea. <laughs> okay, I'm, gl- I'm glad you preface that with, you know. I give the guy a little bit of credit. Oh, yeah. He, no, right? I, I definitely – He picked a good time. Do you think that he was just – partying with all the santas and then he was like oh, i need a couple dollars <laughs> you know what sounds like it could be fun no i something tells me that was probably planned out yeah i think he deserves to keep a little bit of it no he <laughs> does this go back to the battery thing from last week where you what feel battery like, thing where you where you got the battery but you got the money back for it oh <laughs> and then you were trying to justify well that's just business doing it with amazon and i'm literally in my car driving home tonight going no no that's not right that's not right. why well, I, I feel like not to rehash that but the i feel like it's the price of doing business they they benefit from being on the internet and being able to ship everywhere and like that business model they benefit from that but they also have to take in the negatives of i'm not a guy who could just come in and return an item that's not really broken like I, I got a refund for something that I thought was broken. No, really I, I understand that the intentions were good, but I, and I also think that Joe's idea of you donating to some some other charity or something. Oh was, yeah, and actually that's what I was thinking. And he said it's scary sometimes how much Joe and I like. I will think of something and then Joe will say it. And I'm like, oh god, I'm like the East Coast Joe Patans. You know what's weird though? Have you? Somebody said this on Facebook, I think, um, and I listened, and it's true. Bubba Lou's voice. Sounds like Joe to me. They have a similar kind of cadence. They're because they're both Hispanic. Their <laughs> their content is like different. Like they don't their characters not the same. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like they're when I hear them, there's something similar in their voices. I don't, but I will listen for that now. I I think I I did see somebody wrote that and they said it's Santa, and I thought no, but yeah, I'll have check to it out. I'll have to check it out. Um, what, uh, what news stories are happening out in your area? Well, I have the big news story just happened a couple of hours ago, and I'm not surprised that it happened, was the week of my birthday, I had a couple of good, oh, I had one really bad thing happen, but I had two good things that happened was I got this job, and they announced that the, um, the state Supreme Court would deny the request to extend a stay on same-sex marriage, and that we were going to look at possibly having same-sex marriage in Florida. Which anybody who listens to my show knows that I've said forever we would have been the last state just because Florida is so backwards here. So, but our attorney general just as asked the U.S. Supreme Court to extend the stay on same-sex marriage so that marriages wouldn't be able to begin on January sixth as currently planned. Hooray! Yeah, hooray. She's th- this is a woman who talks very much about the sanctity of marriage and that she feels as though that, you know, the the, the, vo- the voters have voted on this and she doesn't understand why we need to defend marriage. And she's been divorced three times. <laughs> so that's something that's always kind of brought up. But uh, when things come together in Florida, what does that mean for you? Or does that mean anything for you? We've had discussions. Mm-hmm. There were def- definitely talks. And when it when it came, I, I was I was literally leaving my boss's office to let her know that I was leaving to go to the aid service organization and my phone went off and it was a local news alert that said this was happening. So I was just like, oh my God. So I came home that night and I was telling Babalu about the job thing. And then he's like, so did you happen to see what happened on the news today? And I said, yeah. And he kind of looked at me and went, well, and I sort of went, well, and he said, well, what do you think? And I said, I would love to marry you. I said, but I'm not ready to marry you yet. I said, you and I both have things in our personal lives and by that i mean our personal finances that i want to get us in accordance in good good space to where neither one of us is affecting the other one's credit neither one of us is affecting the other one's you know any of that kind of stuff but i said i see nothing wrong with a longer engagement um i i i if my parents were that wise they still would not be married (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding but like isn't it weird how backwards this is like you don't you guys have been together for a while and, like, the court is kind of forcing – no, not forcing, but, like, the court is introducing the conversation for you guys where you're like, well, do you know what I mean? It, it wasn't like one day he, he thought, like, I'm going to ask him to marry me or vice right, versa. Right, And it's not – I mean, I remember the joke on uh, – I remember the joke on Will and Grace where Will says something about gay marriage is just being two gay guys standing on the beach while a witchy, witchy lesbian waves a stick over them and then that's supposed to be what gay marriage was. 
So I had kind of resigned myself to the fact that this would never happen and, or right. it wasn't going to happen for a very long time. And I just sort of accepted that, that that was the way life was going to be. And now there's this very real possibility that in just a couple of weeks, I'll at least have the option at that point. Right. And it's an option that I definitely want. And I definitely think about what it would be like to get married. I think about what it would be like to have him, or I could actually say this is my husband, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we, the one thing we fight about is the last name <laughs> because I just assume that he's going to take my last name and he just assumes that, I, you know, he's not, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so we've talked about combining our last names, which I think is kind of dumb, but whatever. And I, I'm very excited but very nervous about this that, you know, because it's Florida, this will be the one time that the Supreme Court goes, okay, we'll, we'll extend the stay. Because every other one, anytime anybody's gone to them, they've always said, no, we're not going to get involved in this. It's, it, and then, it, then it, the marriages kind of start. So hopefully on January 5th, we'll be able to do something. I, I, would, I would be more than happy to be engaged. I would be more than happy to be able to refer to Babalu as my fiance and that kind of stuff. And one yeah. thing that... I would be very curious about is my family and how they would respond to that. Cause that was something that I said in the car with my sister this week where she was like, what are you thinking about? And honestly, at the time I was thinking, I'm like, I'm dad won't be at my wedding, mm. you know, well, yeah. again, cause I got to bring it back to the dead father. Cause that's apparently my theme tonight. But, um, and she's, <laughs> you're allowed to, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, um, there's this, uh, restaurant up here. Uh, Taylor, that I just ate at actually really recently, and it's called TBD. Like, to and, be determined? Yeah, they named it TBD, which I think was kind of, like, supposed to be funny. It's it's very Top Chef Restaurant Wars episode where they have to come up with a name for a, a name for a restaurant and, like, build a restaurant in one night. That sounds like something they would do on that show. Yeah, it, it was kind of punny, but kind of – it actually caused a little bit of problems because our um, – I had some colleagues in town and the they were some folks from a drug company were here and they were taking a few of us out to dinner and they arranged the dinner at TBD and they sent an email saying dinner will be at TBD. <laughs> Here's the address. And it was just kind of confusing. Like somebody responded back like, when will you know where dinner is? It will it be close to the hotel? And I'm like, there's an address though. And so you Google it and it's a real place. But um, last night, Taylor, I keep wanting to call you Joey. Last night, Joey. Uh, last night, Taylor. They had uh, what they're reporting as a mysterious fire, and at around one a.m. Uh, so, are you the Joe of this episode? Because your stories are all about robberies and arson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. You, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I'm I'm the Joey because I'm talking about dead people. Okay. I yeah. See. <laughs> yes. Um. And Corbin Fisher. And Corbin Fisher. So they had this mysterious fire. The fire department had to come in and punch holes in the ceiling and allow the rain to put the fire out. Uh, but what's strange is that uh, last night during this corporate holiday party that they had, their fire system triggered and it sprayed fire retardant all over the kitchen. So they had to close down the party. Mm. They didn't. They never located a fire, though. And uh, the SF... FD, the fire department, came out and they said, nope, can't find a fire, but you guys have to go home because of the kitchen. You have to clean this up. Mm -hmm. um, around 1 a.m., somebody called 911 because they saw smoke coming out of it. Uh, and the fire department came in and they put out the fire. But the, f the only reason I pulled this story, well, first of all, I just went there, so I thought it was kind of interesting to see. But mm -hmm. the funny part to me was that when they were asking the funny them part of these people losing their business and livelihood. Yeah, let's go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> when they asked them when they would reopen, they were unsure how long it would take. <laughs> I already know where you're going with this. Okay, go ahead. No, so basically it's TBD. <laughs> That's too funny to me. That's <laughs> So TBD will open, um, but the date is to be determined. TBD. Yeah. Um, well, okay, I have a short story because apparently I can't read fast story I read long stories while i'm on your show but uh a woman and her friend have been charged with dressing up her son as a girl charged with what charged charged with child cruelty it's what? there's an article that says a mother and her friend have been charged with child cruelty after authorities say they put the 10 year old son in a dress and makeup as punishment for wetting his pants 
Oh, the punishment part is a little bit right, weird. Right, right. So yeah. police say 34-year-old Christine Prado and 26-year-old Keith Driscoll were arrested last week in Winter Garden, an Orlando suburb. Prado reportedly told an investigator that she was frustrated that her son had been wetting himself and went to Driscoll for advice. He had the idea for dressing her son up as a girl. Prado said the boy was dressed as a girl for only two minutes, but police learned about the incident after a relative saw Facebook photos of it. Uh, of these it, of are awful people. Wearing the dress. Well, it's Central Florida people. That's pretty much the, they're the. I, I'm no, I am by no means am I like a child development expert, but I don't think that punishment for like urinating yourself is actually a good idea. Am I? Uh, yeah, I would agree with you on that, that there is a level of not thinking ahead as to what this kid will tell his therapist 10 right. years down the line right. when you do something like that. I, I think that there is... Or if he just if he just stays in Central Floor, what he does to his kids when right. he gets there. Oh, right? yeah, because there's, you know, the cycle, that, that wheel keeps on spinning, something tells yeah. me, in the middle of Winter Garden. Um, mm, they it, sound like awful people. I when you first read <laughs> when you uh, read the headline, I was like, "Come on!" Like the kid probably put the dress on himself or something. No, no, uh, but no. Like to even pay, post pictures online. Hmm. No people. Did you ever like put on your mom's like high heels or her pumps oh, or yeah. anything when you were a kid? <laughs> oh yeah, I totally did. I totally did. And apparently, um, I was reminded this in front of my niece and my nephew that i would like to i would like to spin like linda carter on wonder woman when i would watch wonder woman at the age of like four or five uh-huh. and complete with cape so my mother was always excited thinking i was going to be superman and then i would do the thing where i would spin and i wouldn't just spin i would do the thing where she would like you know spin and twist her head <laughs> so it was that big dramatic drag queen spin, you know at the age of four or five so when my mother said when i came out to her at 19 she was like yeah i've known for a while this is this is no big surprise to me I think that's a very common, and mothers know, especially, they know their kids so well, that I think it's, if a mom is really shocked, I, I think that that's kind of um, very rare. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, I, I think that a lot of mothers, some mothers choose to not, you know, take a turn a blind eye to it and think, you know, do the thing of maybe it's just a phase, that kind of stuff. But when I when I wasn't flipping around fast like Linda Carter, I was taking my tank tops and pulling the straps of the tank tops down to my shoulders and walking around like Olivia Newton-John at the end of Grease. <laughs> so again, <laughs> there were some subtle signs, were signs that something yeah. was going on. That, that grandchildren weren't necessarily an option in the near future. I loved, growing up, I loved uh, Disney musicals. Mm-hmm. And so like I wore the VHS out of Mary Poppins. I watched it so often. And um, I think that that was kind of a sign. But I eventually got to Newsies. The, mm-hmm. Do you know the musical Newsies starring Christian Bale? I'm familiar with it. I've never seen it. It's now on Broadway. It's really good. Mm-hmm. But I was watching that, and I could kind of feel like my mom would encourage it because it's like, sure, it's a musical, Michael, but it's a bunch of boys bunch doing of boys. manly things, yes. right? Like high um, kicks and, and yeah. you know. <laughs> but what she didn't know is I was like figuring out which one I wanted to date. Right. I was like going through the cast. I was like, oh, he's so dreamy. There's always a backup dancer that you always that you watch the when you're supposed yes, to be watching the yes. main people. You're always watching the one backup dancer who's got the nice. He's got the nice chest and the pretty hair. His name, because they all have, um, I mean, I've eventually done internet research. His name was Dominic Moldonado. <laughs> and <laughs> I was in love with him. <laughs> and he was just a backup. He didn't even have a single line, Taylor. He didn't say a single word. I, oh, my we were, God. We were going to marry in Florida in 2014. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the warning signs are there. Me at the age of four, twirling like a... Wonder Woman and apparently drinking vodka and cranberries. The, all the signs were there that that was, was going to be a big girl. And what an awful... I'm going back to this, these Florida folks. What Like, they put the kid in the sun because they thought... Or put the kid in a dress because they thought that would be punishment because he would not like it. I don't know. It's just... It's I, weird. I, it's a weird, like... Wh- okay, so why are you correlating those two... Is this supposed to be a sign of femininity that he peed his pants? You know, at the age of 10, if you're doing something like that, there's probably a reason, whether it's biologically or psychologically, there's something going on there. And rather than try to get the kid help, they decided to, you know, take it into their own hands. Yeah. Let's hurt him some more. Yeah. Let's hurt him some more. It's, it's, 
it's an appropriate uh punishment i feel i feel now that i know the whole story what um do you have anything cool going on next week um, well, I'm going to Philadelphia. It's Christmas, right. so uh, I've got a bunch of things. And I'm actually going to get to see Rodan's house. Not once, oh. but twice. Oh, cool. So what we're doing is we're going to drive up and go Friday night and spend the night at his new place in Atlanta and then leave early Saturday morning so to break it up so we have eight hours one day and 12 hours the next day to drive. And unfortunately, we're going to be up there Friday night, and Big Fatty is getting into Atlanta on Saturday. So they're all having dinner or they're having drinks or something. They're all meeting up on Saturday night, but I won't be there. Oh, and then the next weekend we'll do the same thing in reverse, where we'll go down and um have uh, spend the night at Rodan's big mansion and and do that. <laughs> cool. Rod- if you don't know, Rodan is uh, one of the co-hosts on the show that Taylor does called Pod is My Copilot. Um, so next week is Christmas, so I'm going to be going to um Phoenix. I'll be there the 23rd through the 26th. Um, between you and me, don't tell my mom this. I actually have off until like the 6th of January, but I cut, I just decided that I didn't want to stay that long in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. So I'm only, I'm only going to go for a few days. It's just when I'm out there, it's kind of overwhelming, not just for me, but also for my mom. She feels like she has to entertain me. So I'm only going for a little bit. Not mine. Um, Yeah. She's pretty much, you're on your own. And if I have a car, fuck it. She. I'll be lucky to get three words out of her. Really? No, not really. <laughs> she, but she is very much of the well. Just go do something if you're if you're bored. Like she doesn't feel that overwhelming need. To, yeah. To keep me occupied. If anything, I'm doing things. Where I'm like, well, do you want to go to a movie? Do you want to go out for dinner? Do you want to go drink? She's like, no, I'll just sit here and read my magazine and hang out with the grandkids. So yeah. Like in my parents' defense, they do live like in the middle of nowhere. So there's like a Walmart and there's a Sonic drive-in. And that's oh, well, it. Oh, there's a Sonic. <laughs> Hold so, the phone. I feel like they, you know, there isn't much to do out there. So if we do something, it has to be kind of a family affair. But it should be good. See my sister and my nephew, which I'm excited about. And just kind of hang out and have a good time. Yeah, so. I'm looking forward to spending time with them. And, and my nephew and my niece have that Disney Infinity game with the little statues where you put the statues on the platform and then they appear on the screen and you can do stuff with them. Yeah. So, but they have, apparently they have 1.0 and all of the characters they want are 2.0. So I, I sent Babalu to like target three times to take back different things that he had bought where I'm like, get them this character. And then he would say they're 2.0 and they'd have to take it back. And it's, so I'm on the hunt for Disney infinity characters for them over the course of the next three days before I go up. Ah, oh, Christmas. Ah, oh, Christmas. So much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Hey, it was really nice catching up with you. Um, thank you for sharing everything that you did, and thank you um, for sitting in with for Joey and everything. Thank you. I had I had a lot of fun. I'm I'm glad I got to do this with you too. I'm glad that all of the stuff going on didn't prevent me from hanging catching up with you. Not hanging Good. up, catching up. <laughs> all right. Well, nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Rodan. <laughs> He'll never listen. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.